0: The Ready, Set, Grow podcast is sponsored by AgExpert, software designed for Canadian agriculture. Visit them today at agexpert.ca. Welcome to the Ready, Set, Grow podcast, where we interview innovative leaders and people from the agriculture and food sector. Today, as always, we have our wonderful guest host, Diana Laturnus from Farm Credit Canada and Regina high Hi Hi there. And we're really excited. We get the chance to visit today with a great leader in agriculture, uh, Jay Bradshaw. Um, Jay, welcome to the show. And for those that don't know you, um, can you give us a little bit of the Jay story, where you're from and uh, how you progressed up to the ranks to become such an influential leader in uh, Canadian agriculture?
1: Yes, sir, Ken, and good morning or afternoon. uh, Everyone, thanks for the compliments, Joe. Uh, But first, I want to acknowledge what RH Accelerator is doing, Joe, you and your colleagues out of London, Ontario, bringing entrepreneurs, innovators, and investors together, creating creating a wonderful community. So thanks for doing that, Joe. It's making a big difference in the industry. Well, the the J story is probably pretty short, uh, but I consider myself a pretty strong Canadian. I've lived and worked in various parts of Canada. I'm born and raised in the eastern townships of uh, Quebec. I am bilingual by Quebec standards, maybe not by Parisian French standards. And actually, my Zoom background is kind of the area where I'm from in Quebec, the Appalachian Mountains. Um, I went to the University of Guelph, so I'm kind of a exploratory kind of a guy. So I went to the University of Guelph, and I'm an OEC 82 grad. That kind of dates me, doesn't it? And then when I graduated to continue the adventure, um, I'd never been in Western Canada, to be honest, so I accepted a position with Monsanto uh, in 1982. They want to know if I want to go back to Quebec, because I was fully bilingual, I said, I'll go anywhere in Canada, that you need me. So where I ended up was Rosetown, Saskatchewan. I had to look at a map, and that's where I went. So I started my career in Rosetown, Saskatchewan. Uh, fell in love with the prairies, to be honest, that old west central part of uh, Saskatchewan, is just a wonderful part of uh, agricultural land in Canada, so I was a territory manager for a couple of three years there in West Central Saskatchewan uh, with Monsanto, and I went back to university, University of Saskatchewan, and uh, got my MBA, which I still think stands for Missing Business Acumen. But I got got my MBA, and after uh, my MBA, um, I accepted a position with Cyanamid, Cyanamid Canada. Uh, so that was based back in Markham, Ontario, and of course that's where Joe and I were on the same team for a little while after your time with uh, First Line, Joe. Mm-hmm. So I spent 10 or 12 or 13 years with uh, Cyanamid. The last number of those years, I was head of that business for Canada. Then in 1999, a lot of um, amalgamations were occurring. So BSF Global bought all the, the assets of Cyanamid globally, including Canada. So my former team and myself at Cyan were acquired by BSF. And I thought, well, that's the end of my career for now. But that didn't happen. I ended up uh, heading up BSF Canada, the new BSF at the time, in around 2000. So I stayed at BSF for a couple of years and put the integration of Cyanamid into the BSF organization together, a very successful organization, still is today, of course. But then in 2001, I took a bit of a switch and I became the president of Syngenta Canada, based in Guelph, Ontario. So from 2001, all right up until, I guess, technically my retirement, i uh, in the summer of 2018, I had 17 and a half great years as the president of uh, Syngenta uh, Canada. Naturally, uh, like all ag businesses, 80 or 90% of the business was in the prairie. So throughout my whole 36-year career, I spent way more than half of my time uh, in the prairies just because of the magnitude of the agriculture. So technically that retirement, I have to use that word, uh, I'm not the kind of person to sit at home or you know, golf and fish or do Sudoku or prospered puzzles. So I really had no plans when I retired from uh, Sanjanta, but the phone rang pretty quickly. And uh, although I was on part-time already mentoring some young ag tech companies, um, some good friends and colleagues of mine that I've known for decades, uh, John DePutter gave me a call and said, Jay, we're contemplating starting a private equity company for agriculture. Well, that resonated really strong with me because I thought in my retirement days, um, I'd like to give back to the community that was so you know, so grateful for my career. I wanted to give back to the, encourage the next level, next generation of entrepreneurs and innovators in the ag industry. So the private equity thing really resonated well with me. So to make a long story short, um, myself and John DePutter, who everyone would know in agriculture, he's a phenomenal gentleman on a commodity experts, um, Mike Berevich. Uh, and his colleague, John Lancic, uh developed the future transfer systems. They, they sold that organization to Univar several years ago. Ironically, they just bought it back. But Mike Kravitz and John Lansick all of us got together and started getting a little bit of traction on this new uh, private equity company called Ag Capital Canada. Uh, we certainly wanted and needed a Western Canadian-based um, member as a general partner with the other four of us. Uh, that person became Greg Andruko, a very, very successful ag entrepreneur in Alberta, developed a massive retail organization that he sold to Agrium. So that's what Ag Capital is. It's uh, five of us as general partners. So myself and John DePutter, John Lansick, Mike Paravich, and Greg Andrewco. Um, we I had some good contacts at FCC. We know what FCC does for this country in agriculture. Just a phenomenal organization, coast to coast. But uh, FCC was looking for, part of their mandate was to spur on innovation uh, in agriculture in in Canada. So when they heard about us, five uh, guys getting together, kind of quasi-retired people, FCC uh, encouraged us and was very interested. To make a long story short, uh, we formed a private equity company, formerly as Ag Capital Canada. And in concept, we sold limited partnership shares. So Ag Capital, uh, sorry, FCC is our largest limited partner of Ag Capital Canada, the tune of $12 million, Uh, the five of us as general partners were invested personally, the tune of $4 million. Uh, The uniqueness is the balance of the funds came from an agricultural network across Canada, large large farmers, uh, uh, large producers, guys that sold their quotas or whatever those ambitions. And the idea for these Uh, limited partners is where do you invest your money today? Well, agriculture is still a very, very sound investment. So uh, we're pretty pleased where Ag Capital Canada is today because all the limited partners, including FCC, are all from agricultural backgrounds. So um, my ambition has been fulfilled in my retirement days. It's a great vehicle for me personally and my colleagues at Ag Capital to guess what? Encourage that next generation of ag innovators and entrepreneurs. I wish I'd started this 30 or 40 or 50 years ago, but it's never too late. So I feel like a 20-year-old again, to be really honest, because there's so much innovation and so many entrepreneurs across Canada in ag, that, in ag and ag food that need just a little bit of help, a little bit of mentorship. And of course, they all need capital. That's what ag capital is all about. But our real mandate is not only to supply capital, it's supply that mentorship, leadership, provide the network that we've created over decades and decades these young companies so I'm in a really good spot I gotta say.
2: <laughs> well thanks for sharing that Jay that's that's an interesting um, career that you've had. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the projects that you work on at Ag Capital like some of the neat innovations or early stage companies that you're mentoring and you know what are the neat things coming out of this?
1: Yeah and it's full spectrum Diana we say ag and ag which you guys know is a very broad category. Now, when I put my Ag Capital hat on, it's not so much early, early stage. It is a private equity uh, company. So we'd like to see some revenue generation. It can be an early stage in that. But we're really not a seed seed level uh, in investment companies. Revenue generating. The, the hidden criteria, to be really honest, is unless one of the five of us has really a really lot of knowledge, acumen, and network in a particular sector of Ag or Ag food, we're not going to invest. Because the idea, of course, is we can contribute to their boards and help them and mentor them. But the the, the, uh, the investment span that we've announced, I'll leave it at that for now. Uh, one is uh, aquaculture on the uh, West Coast. is called uh, Poseidon Ocean Systems. They not only develop the infrastructure for aquaculture, they develop all the uh, growing environment. Uh, they call it flow presser for oxygenation. So it makes salmon farming much more sustainable and, and, of course, more economical and profitable for the salmon farmers. So that's one. Another we announced is called soma-detected. So I'll call it an artificial intelligence play in the dairy science area. So through each individual cow can be monitored through machinery, the, the milk that comes from each individual animal through, you can analyze op, with optical sensors, the somatic cells, the content in the milks, not only for the traditional things like fat and protein and everything that's important, but the big salient breakthrough that they, we hope that they have that way is you can actually determine the state of pregnancy of that animal. Of course, if you're dairy farming, that's absolutely critical. So that'll bring phenomenal efficiency to dairy producers. The third one we announced is called Farm Health Guardian. It's really an enhanced biosecurity uh, mechanism or vehicle. You can, I'll call it geofence, a hog barn, poultry barn, or wherever there's a biosecurity concerns and needs. And it automatically monitors the coming and going of everyone from those barns. And if there is an outbreak of any kind of a disease in poultry or hog barns, anonymously it notifies the appropriate people that they choose to notify so we can contain a disease if it breaks down. So those are the three, Diana, we've announced. And we've got two or three other term sheets out there. So it's kind of, I'll say, soup and nuts and egg. Good
0: for you. Well, it's exciting. And uh, you guys have assembled a pretty Remarkable team, um, a lot of talent there and and experience. So those companies are are really lucky to uh, to have you guys engaged with uh, with them. Jay, we we work with a lot of farmers and a lot of agribusiness people and a, y- a lot of young founders. And I wouldn't mind just getting some thoughts on you know leadership and entrepreneurship and even farming from you. Um, thoughts on you know, things that you've accumulated on how to become a great leader, how to get stuff done, how to, how to move things forward. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, your style, how you handled challenges, um, you know, some of the, some of the leadership lessons uh, and things that, you know, helped you become such a great uh, uh, results driven uh, uh, business person and executive.
1: I can certainly uh, try, Joe. I don't know if I formally, uh, If I formally did anything, or just fell into it, to be really honest, but I think when the underpinning rationale is that um, I've, I've always respected people that know something that I don't. I mean that's a broad statement, but it's absolutely true. And if you think about it, that's absolutely everybody I've been in contact since I started my career when I was 22, and still on an ongoing basis. You can always learn from people that know something that you don't. Now some things aren't very important. But I've always had two ears and one mouth for a very good reason. I've always learned from other people. And when you understand what they've contributed to your learning, you can always constantly foster and nurture that. So it's kind of a very broad principle. The other one um, I, I'd say is I've always respected my elders. And that's for the very same reason, too. I learned a lot as a young man. I'm still fairly young, but I continue to learn from people who have had experiences ahead of me. And that's what I want to pass on to the next generation. The other thing I'd say, it's a broader goal for me personally, Joel, but I'll say leave the world in a better place than you came into it. Well, that's a grandiose goal, but my point is every little step of the way, whether it's on a sales team 40 years ago or a marketing team, or leading an organization that I did for the last 20 years, is that everyone has a role. Everybody, individual, regardless of your responsibility, regardless of your level, you can actually make that team or that organization better. So just keep doing that throughout your entire career. But I'd say when you get into a leadership position, there's lots of definitions around that. Mine's pretty simple, to be honest. I, I think managers do things right. Leaders do the right things. That's completely different, right? When you're in a leadership position, you have a lot of, yeah, you have a lot of responsibility and, and accountability, but you really, you're, you're, your goal is to aspire your organization, your team with a vision, with passion, and one that they believe in, and not one that they just believe in, but one that they help co-create. I had the easiest job in the world, Joe, uh, as president of, of Syngenta. All the great things we did in that organization, the culture that was developed, all I did was listen and learn and nurture the people around me. I'll say underneath me, and I'm very complimentary when I say underneath me. It was a facilitator role that I really really did. So I don't know if there's any magic in what I'm saying. It's just uh, be congenial. I think attitude is absolutely everything. But yes, underpinning, like a lot of farm kids, uh, work ethic is pretty important too. I have a very, very strong work ethic, but I only go as fast as the team will let me. Meaning you gotta surround yourself with good people. But I, I like to share it too, Joe, whether it's me today or a young, young entrepreneur just starting out. And I wish I'd done this uh you know 40 years ago, I do it today. But always always admit if you don't admit it, acknowledge your weaknesses. But if you're an entrepreneur, an individual let's say that's got a good idea or a good technology, there is no way you can commercialize that all by yourself. There's absolutely no way. You're either strong in marketing or sales or technical or R&D or finance, but you cannot do all of that as an entrepreneur. So early in your career, early in your idea is find someone like the RH Accelerator or an incubator that can provide all those resources that you don't have. The first thing I would do as an entrepreneur is go in by yourself, pour yourself a drink or a cup of coffee, whatever's appropriate. And truly be honest with yourself. What are my strengths as an individual? And what do I have to associate myself in areas where I don't have that strength? And with time, you'll be surrounded by a community or a team or whatever stage you're at. And that's no different than being president of a large company. I always hired my weaknesses. And I have so many. That's why I had to hire so many people. I have a few strengths, but they, were, they weren't they were enough to manage a company's broadest agenda county. So... Whether you're starting out, just acknowledge your strengths, obviously, but also acknowledge your weaknesses and always pursue to fill those gaps of your weaknesses. So I think that's probably the best advice I can give anyone, regardless of your stage of your career.
0: You know, I, I think that's that's really solid advice. And, uh, you know, I know you're a sports guy and oftentimes we'll um, use a sports analogy, you know, like a basketball team. Um you know, are you a point guard trying to play center? Uh, so, you know, just really understand if you're tall, go under the basket and play center. If you're short and fast, you probably want to play point guard. And, and, uh, I, I, it takes a team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you could be LeBron James, but five, five high school kids are probably going to beat you in a game, right? Because they just, they, there's more of them. So, right.
1: Well, you know, Joe, from our experience together, I'll say it's the because where we were together. We always mm-hmm. pulled the goalie early. meaning mean, pull <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah. You know, today, uh, pull the goalie the last minute or two. In uh-uh. yeah, concept, yeah, we were yeah. pulled the goalie. There was five minutes left.
0: Yeah. Let's
1: was, just go for this thing.
0: That was all out. You know. It, 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 it was. an experience. It, it, yeah.
1: It, it was successful. And <laughs> I, uh, even, I like to have a lot of fun. I'm a sports guy, especially hockey. I would use expressions in front of my large organization, Syngenta, that, some So-and-so or something, nope, they didn't have their stick on the ice. And it's a simple concept, but you can't skate around a hockey game without your stick on the ice. You're never going to receive a pass. You're never going to score. And look at some of the highest statistics in sports. Babe Ruth has the strikeout record of all time. He also has almost the home run record too, right? So you got to keep trying and uh, never, never give up give up. I think you got to have that tenacity and don't ever accept no for an answer. Those
2: are really good insights, Jay, and uh, really good learnings throughout your career. Um, Appreciate those. Um, Now, can you give us a little bit of insight into, you know, some agriculture trends or things you're seeing in the industry or, you know, what's coming in the future that you see in the ag and food space? just just from your perspective
1: yeah, there's a lot of things going on of course dan you're privy to them uh, dan as, as well but you know like there's this statistic i think it's around four 40 of the jobs in the future are haven't even been created yet, right so for young people entrepreneurs keep your mind wide open because your job 10 years from now hasn't even been created but be more, more specifics in ag Of course, the whole pandemic COVID thing has kind of cautioned us all, right? From an economy point of view, from venture capital investment, et cetera. So I I think the um, sourcing funds and money is a little more challenging today than it was pre pandemic. That's one thing for entrepreneurs or startup companies or early revenue, early uh, cycle companies. I do see another trend too. There's a proliferation of really good technologies um, in ag tech, whether it's uh, artificial intelligence or machine learning. But the applications of those tend to be a little bit narrow, and that's okay. As an individual entrepreneur or small company, you have a great idea in that machine learning AI type space, but really you need some entity or some help in integrating your small narrow scope of what your application is with others, making it certainly a viable concept. So one trend that's happening is a lot of large organizations, I'll use layman terms, they're building platforms. Holistic platforms that are available to a large uh, grower audience, uh, regionally, globally, and otherwise. And their offer to these uh, smaller companies is they will offer to take your narrowly focused technology and plug it into a larger platform so that one platform can be expressed. So, uh, whether it's you know growers using a Trimble system or a John Deere at their control center, they're constantly putting in other apps, I'll call it, under that main platform, because what the large growers or any grower wants to do is, is have one interface, one platform, and access to all the tools and utilities it needs. So I think that trend right now is is developing very rapidly. And I think that's really good for young entrepreneurial companies, because there's no way they can develop a narrow concept of full commercialization on their own or find a route to market, but they can plug in through API and other vehicles into a well-established platform. So, I see that as an absolute trend. Of course, again, because of the pandemic, there's an acute desire to try and substitute or replace manual labor in ag and egg food processing, right, just because of the exposure. So, you see an accentuated demand and need, and we're involved in this in Ag Capital Canada too, for a mechanization uh, using optical sensors again, artificial intelligence or machine learning to, I'll say, replace the human intervention that's required in food processing lines. As an example, that kind of technology is being adopted very, very quickly, and very rapidly. Any other
0: kind of last thoughts before we uh, let you go, Jay? Um, I wouldn't. Uh, I'd like you to say. And um, we had Keaton and Abby on the other day. You might want to just. Give a shout out to them uh, as well. We're really excited about what you're doing with Yuko.
1: Yeah, UCO is kind of neat. They do predictive and analytics to predict a disease and nutrients and insects. And, yeah. and I really enjoyed that ride. They're very young guys. I kind of adopted them, I'd say, personally and professionally three years ago. But um, they're doing really well because beside a retail model, and uh, they've also developed analytics as a service. And some very large global companies now have signed on with Yuko because despite their resources as large companies, UCO is much smaller, much more nimble organization that can develop algorithms in 30 or 60, 90 days. So it's nice to see them not only having a retail model that offers grower protection in their field, but also, I'll say, selling analytics as a service because they're they're quick and nimble. I will say, I mean, these comments are general, uh, Diana and uh, Joe, but. You know when the uh, when the economy recovers and it will, we all know that. I just think again, agriculture is such a phenomenal place. Absolutely, if you think how the agricultural industries or even individual farmers or companies, relatively speaking, haven't been impacted that much from the pandemic. Every other industry, every other economy of the world, including ours in Canada, has. And I just think there's a hell of an opportunity that just leap and bounds off that very, very strong, fundamental agricultural platform that we have in Canada. I would draw everyone's attention in the industry. Don't forget about the agriculture industry as the rebound, the old K-curve, but the rebound in Canada could very well be the agricultural industry platform. I strongly believe that.
0: Yeah, I think we all we're all pretty excited with commodity prices where they're at, and uh, you're right, we've we've been disrupted so much. Last farmers kept farming, and and uh, some some parts of the food chain and channel have been disrupted, but not uh, not to the extent of say airlines or hotels. So, um, yeah, we're pretty excited. Any last comments? Uh, we've seen some pretty big uh, money invested recently in Farmers Edge and and um, Amy Oder's company, Anuvia, down in the U.S. Um, I think the markets are actually agreeing with you that that ag is a pretty sexy uh, investment uh, uh, sector right now.
1: Well, it is. I mean, you look at Telus Ag, what they're doing, right? I mean, that's a huge for a telecommunications company to invest, and they've acquired six or seven companies. As you know, we'll put those together. Farmers Edge just did their IPO, so... Mm -hmm. Again, I think the general financial markets that don't understand ag are seeing and hearing all this great news about ag and they're trying to find a vehicle to get involved. Um, Even
0: even deer sales are up like 28% or some darn thing. So, you know, I think, yeah.
1: There you go. And again, back to my little team at Ag Capital Canada, that's why we're getting solicited by some very large venture capital organizations that don't understand ag. They want to join Ag Capital or buy a limited partnership because we can be the filter to the find those opportunities uh, for them. So eggs in a great space. And my last comment, uh, Joe and Dan, is just to call out for farmers, to say thank you. You know, what we hear in this pandemic is the heroes are the frontline workers, absolutely. I totally, totally agree with that. Even, I like this, truck drivers. How did our food get around? It's truck drivers. But the one that, to me, in addition to those other two categories, is farmers. They kept us fed safe and abundant food supply in Canada and all around the world, all through this pandemic. So I think for growers, grower associations, individual farmers, you're the heroes too. And uh, we need to compliment them and thank them for what they've done during the pandemic. Equally, in my mind, the frontline workers.
2: Yeah, that's a great point, Jay. And um, the agriculture industry is just surviving and thriving. And it has a lot to do with all the people in it, you know, passionate about the industry, passionate about where it's going and we just keep driving forward and it's exciting times i think
1: great time to be in ag we need more people coming in ag don't worry about your background come on in it's a great place
0: great points jay uh, if people want to connect with you uh ag capital canada you know the website and and you know you're on linkedin and twitter do you want to give a you pass those out to people and
1: yeah um AgCapitalCanada.com uh, is pretty straightforward. My my emails in there, and all my uh, my colleagues. Um, I am on Twitter at uh, Joyce uh, Joe's Point, just Jay Bradshaw, um, and Instagram. But yeah, reach out LinkedIn. Just reach out. I've got lots of extra time these days, and I'm still helping a lot of informally, informally, a lot of young entrepreneurs. Uh, love to help and share my experience and share my network if I can be of any assistance to anyone.
0: Well, thanks for being with us, Jay. This was fun and we'll, we'll have to do it again. And congrats on Ag Capital Canada and all the uh, the companies you're working with. Thanks, Diana. And we'd like to thank all our listeners for, uh, for checking out the uh, Ready, Set, Grow podcast. You can find it on rhaccelerator.com. Just click on the, the link of the podcast uh, at the top, also on YouTube and also on the other major podcast streaming uh, applications. So until next time, we'll see you
1: soon by now